0: Good morning, invite you to 1st John chapter 4 for a message this morning titled, Test the Spirits. We continue our journey through uh, the book of 1st John, we can ride to 1st John chapter 4, I'd like to read the first six verses uh, in this chapter, 1st John 4 verses 1 through 6, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know ye the spirit of truth and the spirit of air. John's writing to us this morning, beloved, test the spirits. When we think of taking a test, off time, someone gives you a uh, a written test on a sheet, of, a sheet of paper and hands it to you and you're supposed to answer these questions to the best of your knowledge. That's a very common procedure in a school setting. When these young folks reach the age of 16 and make a decision they like to drive, they gotta take a test. Most times that test is uh, required to be, be taken while sitting behind a computer. As we go through life, we refer to the tests, we refer to trials that we face as tests. And when a test comes our direction, what happens? We need to make a choice or a decision. And that choice or decision that we make, based on our answer or decision, will keep us on the straight and narrow way. Many times, prior to taking a written test, for example, back to those that want to drive, they're given a handbook. In school, you're given a book, student. Study the book. You're going to be taking a test tomorrow, and then the answers are in that book. And you study that, and then when you get the test, you can give correct answers. Brothers and sisters, we're given a test as we go through life, and the test that we that we're taking, the answers are found in the book of in, in God's Word. The tests that we are taking, we have the answers. What is our knowledge based on Scripture? This morning, the test that we're going to be looking at is that we are called, John's telling us, to test the spirits. No, it's not going to be a written test, but it's a test that's going to be based upon your knowledge of the scripture and also your relationship with the Lord. As we think of looking at these verses this morning, things we want to look at, test the spirits. Brothers and sisters, we're called to filter information. We have been given responsibility. We need to separate right from wrong. We need to be aware and distinguish between truth and error. Then we could say, why? And the answer to that is because we're living in a land where there are many, many voices. I think we need to be well aware of that. So John begins the, here, this chapter, and says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. The term spirit, as is used here, he is not referring to uh, ghosts or, or um, other creatures, but rather, and catch this, because this is important as we go throughout the whole message, he's referring to the attitude or the approach of a particular teacher. So this morning, as, as you think of testing the spirits, what are you testing? You're testing someone who is speaking. Matt, this morning, guess who? Trust that this morning I can be preaching and teaching truth. But as you go about your days, as you go about your life, as you uh, listen to this person or that person, are they speaking truth? What is their attitude? What is their approach? And that's what John's referring to here. We could reword verse 1 to church at Myerstown test those who you are listening to. Why? To make sure it is sound doctrine. We do well to remember that truth comes from God. So we could look at it and say, well, the first thing you have to look at is the, the speaker, is he speaking the truth from the word of God? Truth from comes from God. We we'll we'll also have to keep in mind, evil spirits are the source of false teaching. So yes, there's false teaching in our land today, and their source comes from evil spirits. And those who promote these false teachings are influenced by darkness. So we talked a little bit already about right from wrong, truth from error. Here we see light from darkness. And you and I, as adult Christians, as mature Christians, we're given responsibility to distinguish between right and wrong. So we can't go through our lives and we're... uh, Put ear protection on and just go through life. Every time someone looks at you, like, oh, he don't hear a thing. because there's ear protection on? No, we, we're not going to do that. At the same time, as we hear information, we need to filter that. Is this truth? Is this right? Is this from God or is, is it air? John's saying, test the spirits. In 1 John 1.26, which we looked at a number of weeks ago, John gives us a reason for writing this. This letter, and he said, "These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, and seduce is to deceive or to lead astray." John saying, "There are people out there who's going to try to, going to tell you lies, and to separate you from the truth, and that's why I'm writing this letter." Because they're going to seduce you, try to steer you away from absolute truth, which is found only in the word of God. And now here, a few uh, chapters later, John's telling us, we need to be careful who we are listening to. And I repeat, John's directing his attention to the attitude and the approach of certain teachers. And he's alerting us to be careful and to be aware of those false teachers. So first of all, church, we need to be aware of the presence of false teachers that are around us. I don't think anyone here this morning can deny the fact that we're living in a land where there's deception. And secondly, I think we need guidance in order so we can distinguish between true, genuine teachers and the false ones. So let's go back a number of thousand, thousand years or two when John penned this and say, If John needed to inform his teachers, his people back then, how much more do we need to be informed about on this subject? 2 Timothy 3.13, Paul is telling us what's going to happen as we approach the end of the age of grace, which I believe we are at today. I I quote uh, the verse, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So you look at that verse and you say, we need to go to the, the dial on our guard and turn it up against. We need to be on a guard. We need to be go watching for this teaching that is seeping into our land. And the, wor- the reason it's used, it's described as deception is because it doesn't come on billboards. Well, maybe not all the time, but it kind of seeps in in the, a way that gets us to think, well, there's nothing wrong with this. When in reality, it doesn't line up with the word of God, there is uh, something wrong with it. So Paul tells us that seducers are going to come, evil's, uh, seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now we get here to John, and he says, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, he wrote this many years ago, so we're living in a land, in a day, when there are false prophets in our world. So we could ask the question, Uh, back to the idea of walking around with ear uh, ear protection, what would happen if we just do our best to avoid this false theology? You know, we could ask the question, do we actually have to put these speakers to the test? How about if we hear something that's borderline, we'll just avoid it. I'd like to read you an alarming verse, Matthew 24, 24, and this is words of Christ, for there shall arise false Christ's and false prophets. Okay. We're aware of that. John told us that. Peter told us that. False prophets are going to arise. Jesus continues, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So the fact that that false prophets and teachers are going to come into into the world, is not the shocking part of this verse. We're told over and over that it's going to happen. And I think we can understand that they're going to have power to do amazing wonders. And maybe some of you have seen this already. But the end of the verse is always the part that caught my attention. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. What was Christ talking about? What was he referring to? Deception is going to become so subtle... That some of God's chosen people are going to fall for these deceptive traps. And that's the part that alarms me. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Brothers and sisters, children of God, we need to be on guard. Because Christ said some of the people who are following him are going to be deceived. I ask the question, are we able to stand for the truth? Did John have a legitimate concern for what he is writing about here? And I think he definitely does. How can we come back, come back this? How can we uh, be prepared for this? We need to be filled with the knowledge of God. Why? So that we can discern between right and wrong. How? Without questions and without doubt. There are some things in life that we can debate about is this better or is this better? How do you feel about this or this? And opinions vary among us. Whether it's tools or whether it's uh, vehicles and so on, we know the story. But the, when it comes to the Word of God, we need to be able to discern right from wrong without question and without doubt. I think it was mentioned this morning already. It's not the will of God that any one of His children would fall into deceptive trap. So how are we going to take care of this? We're going to test the teachers in order to make sure and confirm that they are from God. They are full of truth and without corruption. This morning, there are three tests we're going to look at. Test number one, the confession of the divine Lord. And that's found there in verses two and three, which I read a little bit earlier. To the child of God, you and I this morning, we are not to be like a sponge that absorbs everything that we hear okay? So we're not going to be the sponge, but we are going to be on guard. We're going to listen carefully. We're going to apply the test to prove a genuine identity. And I go back, brothers and sisters, we need to filter information. It's going to come at us at all angles. We need to filter information. Why? I don't think we can overemphasize the fact that there are false teachers around us today. And here, listen carefully. The dangerous teachers are the ones who will line up with the word of God about 85% of what they say. Now here we have the dangers coming out. 85% of what they say lines up directly with the word of God. And we, myself included, can be caught by saying, oh, they're online. What they say lines up with the word of God. 85%, correct. What I'm warning us about this morning is the other 15%. We need to be on guard, brothers and sisters. Deception happens when it looks right, and we think it is, but in reality it's counterfeit. If someone gets up front here and starts speaking, if they line up with the word of God, we can sit there and say, amen. But if what they start saying does not line up with the word of God, we need to reject it. We need to be on guard, and we need to be on our toes. We could ask, is it possible... In the midst of the maze of religious teaching to know the difference between truth and error. Are we even able to sort out what comes from God and what comes from the devil? And the answer is an absolute yes. Look at the beginning of verse 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. We can know the Spirit of God. So every spirit... And remember, or the attitude or the approach of a particular teacher, anyone like that who openly confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and is of God, is a true teacher. The message of Christianity is centered around the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the center core. And if that's where they are basing their belief upon, then you can be assured that they are from God. So we cannot take away from the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. As you're listening, anyone who undermines the full deity and total humanity of Jesus Christ, so we're talking about his, including his miraculous conception, his bodily atonement, his bodily re- resurrection, his, evidente, his uh, return, anyone who underestimates, undermines that is an imposter and a false teacher. So listen carefully to who you're listening to. If they start undermining the fact of who Jesus Christ is, they are false teachers. False teachers can be exposed by comparing their lives and their words. How are they living? But especially the words about Jesus Christ, do they align with the Word of God? Do they align with the Word of God? Is there questions and doubt, or is it no problem with what you're listening to that is true. the truth? False teachers today do not believe that Jesus Christ who that we can read about in, in the Gospels, who lived and walked on this earth, they don't believe that he was the divine Christ. And in reality, they are denying his deity. Test number one, what does your speaker say about Jesus Christ? In 2 Corinthians 11.4, Paul, Paul speaks about those who, who preach another Jesus. So they're referring, they are speak about Jesus who was the son of man, but not necessarily the son of God. They speak of Jesus who was crucified, but not necessarily rose again. They speak of Jesus who was uh, born of David's royal line, but not necessarily the everlasting king of glory. What are they doing? They're watering down the facts about Jesus, and this is where their clever deception comes into play. So that they would say, well, Jesus, he was a remarkable youth. Amen. He was. Jesus was a great teacher. Praise the Lord. We can learn much from him. Jesus was a promoter of wonderful ideas. He absolutely was. But then they're saying he was not God come down to the earth in human flesh. We got a problem. Are we aware of what we are listening to? They are, these people are teaching a counterfeit message. My mind went back to our days in Grenada. You go into town in the Grand Ange and you'd, uh, you'd walk into their shops and there were many and... Uh, as Americans, I should say, we could quickly pick out the counterfeit and knockoff items. So you'd walk in, and you'd see a piece of clothing that's used clothing, and it has a Nike symbol on it. And even without touching the, the piece of clothing, you could tell that is not name, band, a name-band product. Name-brand product. It's not a Nike shirt. Or you'd see stuff that had the Adidas logo on but definitely on some knockoff clothing. Counterfeit is what it was. Appeared to be the real, but it was fake. So these false teachers, they have the correct symbol, if you will, but it's not based upon truth. What are they trying to do? They're trying to trick their listeners to believe a lie, and they were counterfeit. Now take your mind and go to the tellers at the bank. They, were, uh, they need to be aware of counterfeit bills. So... I was told that these tellers are trained to spot counterfeit currency. And how do they do that? They study the real genuine bill. And by studying that, they become aware with what it is, how it feels, and so on, that they can easily pick out a counterfeit one. They don't waste their time examining counterfeit bills, but rather genuine currency. I read somewhere they're experts in genuine currency. So, speaking t- take it to a spiritual level, do we know our master so clearly... And are we so sharp and are we alert that we are able to pick out a lie about him? And are we experts in our knowledge of Christ? You could take that, well, they're experts in what they do. Are we experts in our knowledge of Christ? 2 Timothy 1.12, which we were singing about this morning, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know who I have believed, and I'm confident of his power and of his divine ability. So the first simple rule to which we can tell between truth and error is to ask the question, what place does this teacher give the person of Jesus Christ? Do they know the person of Jesus Christ? Many times here at church we sing the song, We place you in the highest place. Does the speaker you are testing place Jesus on the highest place in his or her life? Truly above all else, followed by worshiping at his feet, and then truly we recognize that he is a child of God. A true teacher is a person who believes that the human Jesus and the divine Christ are the same person. Listen carefully to who you are listening to, and be careful. The false teachers who denied the incarnation were some of the, first, the early church's first heretics. And the spirit of Antichrist, as we see in verse, uh, in verse 3, was alive back in them and is alive in the world today. So as you're listening again, look at it this way. Any view, idea, or thought That attacks either Jesus' humanity or his deity is a work of Antichrist. We need to be so careful. We need to be so alert. 1 John 2.22, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Is it always easy to pick out? I don't think so. But we need to be on our guard. John says, beloved, believe not everything you hear, but test the spirits. The Christian religion is grounded in the actual historical event, the crowning act of God in redeeming mankind. God became man. And one of the basic tests of any religious system is its teaching concerning Jesus Christ. What you're listening to, what do they say about the person of Jesus Christ? Because the doctrine of the incarnation of our Lord is of of utmost importance. Just look at it this way. If Jesus Christ is not God come in the flesh, then Christianity, Christianity will be empty and void. But Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. The clear, the clear gospel message uh, helps us understand how God moved towards man in that God himself became man so that humans can know him and respond to his love. And that's where we are at here this morning. Also, if you, would, if you would take your Bible and take the birth of Christ out of the Word of God, the question is, what would be left? And the answer is, I mean, in short, the answer is animal sacrifices and the Old Testament law. The whole New Testament is about the birth of Christ. Do we recognize that? And the people you're listening to, do they believe that? Test number one. Confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And then test number two, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we can see that in verse four. Uh, As as you look at these verses, just pause for a moment and look how John switches back and forth between the spirit of truth and the spirit of air. Real quickly, uh, verse one, the the test of spirits, talk about the spirits of air. Verse two, spirit of truth, we know truth. Verse 3, spirit of Antichrist. Verse 4, Ye are of God, switching back to truth. Verse 5, we're talking about of the world. There again, we have the spirit of air. And then in verse 6 again, uh, you are of God, speaking truth. So he switches back and forth a number of times. But verse 4 is loaded with some some beautiful facts. Number one, you are of God, speaking to the believers, those who are one with God, those who are under the influence of excuse me, of the Holy Spirit. You are part of his family. You have embraced truth. You are filled with his divine spirit. We know when a person meets the conditions for salvation and is born from above, we know that the Holy Spirit moves in, comes into the heart of a newly uh, born child of God, and he lives within the believer. Verse four: You are of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is He that is in you. That's the Holy Spirit than He that is in the world. So every believer here this morning, the Spirit of God is living within, and you are of God. It's a beautiful picture painted here. The second thing we will look at: John saying, "You are an overcomer. You have overcome these uh, assaults, the uh, assaults from these lethal false teachers." You have overcome them because the spirit of God that is within you had taken upon himself to be your safeguard. And he is more powerful and greater than the wicked spirits of the world today that are set to do damage to uh, the church of God. So we have to look at it from this angle. The a battle against apostasy is spiritual. It's not a matter of opposing people. It's a matter of opposing wicked spirits. We on our own strength... Cannot know the thoughts of God unless the Holy Spirit that is within reveals them to us. So distinguishing between truth and error does not come from human intellectual ability, but the Spirit's ministry within our hearts. Verse 4 is, is so beautiful when, the, when we see the Spirit living within. And we maintain a close fellowship with God. He, he remains within. Verse 4 is referring to those who are filled with the Holy Spirit because greater is he that is in you than he, than the power of darkness. The Holy Spirit provides mutual attractions for the things that are true. Remember, we're testing truth and error. Well, the Holy Spirit provides that attraction for things that are true and think that are false will be repulsive to us. We will be attracted to truth. And we will reject false theology. A few weeks, probably months ago now, uh, I, I took a load of scrap to the, the scrap yard, the bear town, if you guys knew where I'm at, down 322. And I weighed in, and they said, we'll pull out back here to the pile, and they'll unload you back there. So I went back, unstrapped, and he brought this huge magnet over the, over the trailer, uh, and come down on top of the scrap steel I had there, turned his magnetic force on, picked up most of the pile, swung it over to the scrap, the scrap pile, and released his force, and it all dropped down. Then it came come over a couple more times, and had all my trailer cleaned off. We had to work hard to load it, and he sat in his machine and unloaded it. That's the same way that the Holy Spirit gives that attraction within us when we hear truth. That magnet was attracted to the steel, and it unloaded it. That if I would have had an old rubber tire laying on my trailer, it would have not been attracted to, that, to the tire. In the same way, we are not attracted to false theology. But because of the Holy Spirit within, we are attracted to the truth. Contact with air will be repulsive, while contact with truth will be responsive. Because there is that mutual attraction within. When truth is heard, it will connect with the Spirit within our heart. No, we don't have magnets, but it will connect with that spirit which is in our heart, and we will be attracted to the message. We will know we are listening to genuine truth, and there will be a positive connection that happens within. On the same time, when error is spoke, that traction will not be there. Howard Martin, and I quote: "Excuse me.
1: I've heard people say after hearing certain teachings promoted on the radio." or spoken from the pulpit, or reading from a book. This is what they say. There was just something about it that did not seem right to me. They were not always able to give a clear a theological explanation of what was wrong, but they were able to sense that something was not sound. It was the Spirit of God making them sensitive to false and counterfeit statement. End quote. Brothers and sisters, that Holy Spirit that is within, it tells us what is right and what is wrong. We need to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Recently, I'm we talking to... A mother and she said uh, on two occasions her daughter was saying ABC and the mother said to the daughter where did you hear that because the mother was aware of something did not sound right and I am NOT up here this morning um, bashing social media but that was the answer her daughter gave her mother oh she heard that on social media brothers and sisters we need to be careful we go to our phones and we could sit there and, and, and go through it, and listen to it all, we need to be careful. Is everything there false? No, but that's why we are given the Holy Spirit within, so we can follow John's leading here and test the spirit to see whether it is truth or whether it is not. A child of God needs to be sensitive to and aware of false theology. Don't fall for the traps. So you listen to what is being said and you apply the two tests. The confession, of Jesus Christ as Lord and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And as the speaker fails in either one of these tests, there's a 99% possibility that what you're hearing is not truth. So the appropriate question for the second test, does the teaching that is in question attract to the inner dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit? And that's a question only you can answer. If, somebody, if you meet someone on the job tomorrow and they start talking spiritual things or a, and, and you start and you you, uh, you hear something that does not attract, you need to be aware. Is it going to happen tomorrow morning? Maybe not. But as we go throughout our lives, we need to be aware. And God has given the Holy Spirit within us to help us to distinguish between right or wrong. The third test we're going to look at is uh, the authority of God's word. And this comes in verses 5 and 6. In these two verses, John narrows it down to the contrast between those who are of the world and those who are of God. In verse five, as I mentioned earlier, he's referring to the false teachers. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world and the world heareth them. Did you catch that evil false theology? They're of the world. They speak things that come from darkness. And who hears them? They're people that they're attracted to them. Their principles, zeal and goals originate from the world where Satan rules as a prince and the master. We've got to be careful here in verse 5. And their teachings and their opinions and their values are anti-Christian. John eight forty-four. Here we have words again. Jesus speaking to those who at that time were opposing him. And this was his answer. Jesus' uh, words, and I quote, You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it jesus made it quite clear there who these people were he he put them to the test and recognized quickly that they were not speaking truth so the words that jesus was speaking there then verses there as well as verse five in our text this morning the people are clearly under the authority and control of the devil and jesus calls their the devil their father the one that they listen to the one that they follow and obey the originator of lies They are of the world. They're influenced by the world. The works of darkness. And as I mentioned earlier, those associated with them hear them. Why? Because they are attracted to the corrupt message of deception. And these people we're talking about here in verse 5 are driven by the spirit of error. Remember earlier we talked about the attraction that the Holy Spirit. We're attracted to truth. Well, here we see those of the the devil are attracted to evil as well. But he switches in verse 6. He who knows God hears us. Those are are filled with the spirit of God, are commissioned by the Lord to teach truth. And I trust that we are found ourselves here are in verse six, we're eager to teach truth. And we get our final authority and our teaching from the writers of scripture, straight from the word of God. I notice the contrast between verses five and six. What does men say? And what does the word of God say? We need to be so uh, careful. The teachers who belong to God are trustworthy promoters of the truth. And they indent, identify themselves clearly by carefully following the scriptures. I don't think it's, yes, we talk deception, and sometimes it is very subtle to distinguish. But we need, when we start listening and we know it straight from the word of God, we can clearly know they're getting their authority from the scriptures. So we started out by looking at the attitude, the approach of these teachers. Now for the final test, John calls our attention to the teacher's attitude of the word of God. Does the teacher in question take the word of God seriously and believe the Bible is a final authority? And I think this is where a lot of people, once you start looking at this question and putting them to this test, is where they will, some might fail. Because when you, when you take the word of God, which we'll look at shortly, when you take the word of God and try to add in something, here's where you need to be careful. The word of God says this, but, and that's where you need to be on guard, brothers and sisters, it needs to be straight from the word of God. Does your, the one you're looking at or test, does he believe the Bible is trustworthy? Does he strive to obey and abide by its teachings? Is there any part of the Bible that he is trying to detour out around? Or does his message, his or her message, line up with the Word of God? So I'm telling us this morning we need to be careful what we listen to, which is the truth, but not necessarily with a critical spirit, but diligently uh, compare content with the Word of God. I come back to the thought, are we properly filtering information? If the message is not in accordance with the Bible, it must be rejected. John said, be not deceived. So the three tests, the confession of the divine Lord, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the authority of God's word. The teaching that you're listening to is true if the teacher exalts Jesus Christ as the son of God, speaking about his virgin birth, taking on human flesh, how he was sinlessly perfect, and if you're turning again to take his church home with him. So if if the teacher is in line with that, he is true. The teaching is trustworthy if the message strikes a note of harmony with the inner voice of the spirit. And I think this is a very big one. I think God has given us that to help us stay on the straight and narrow. And also, Levi has given us our conscience so we can know right from wrong. But like a magnet, are we drawn, we are drawn to a true message. A true message will connect with our inner being and encourage us on our spiritual journey. Deception tries to steer you away from truth and lead you on a separate path. The presentation to be accepted if the teaching corresponds to the clear message of the holy scriptures so if these uh, three tests are clear and obvious then we can be sure that the speaker is a man sent from god and his teachings are in harmony with the word of god there was a man in our house this goes back a year or so and he was uh telling me about a book that he was reading and i listened for a while then i tried to encourage him to lay his book aside and, and go to the word of god and he did not uh, uh, appreciate my lack of interest in his writer he was more concerned about what i'll call this morning man's opinion and the reason is what he was reading did not line up with the word of god as i mentioned earlier about some of these false teachers some of their stuff lines up with 85 percent, but not all the man i'm speaking about knows his bible which is good but what he was doing what i mentioned earlier he was taking man's thinking and adding it man's thinking and adding it into the word of god which is a dangerous added ingredient We need to be so, so careful. We need to ask God for the gift that helps us to to discern between truth and error. Maybe we should just echo Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings 3, 9. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge between thy people. Then he goes on to say that I may discern between good and bad. And we can put right or wrong, good and evil in there. Lord, just give us all a discerning heart. Simon Kissmaker, I quote, without exception liberal theologians refuse to accept the biblical doctrine that jesus christ always has been is now and will be the son of god that he came from heaven to redeem his people that He took upon himself our humanity yet remained truly divine that he rose bodily from the dead and ascended to his glorified body to heaven and that he will return at god's appointed day in the same body which he ascended if you compare the teachings of these liberal theologians with god's word you will notice that their opinions are based upon human philosophy and not on the scripture. And there is where we need to be. Keep our eyes and our ears open. At the end of the quote, it says this. Ask them what they think of the Christ, then go to your Bible and study the scripture. He quotes Matthew sixteen fifteen. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am, end quote. John's telling us, the Bible's telling us, that there are spirits abroad in our world today. And they're seeking our allegiance. And I'm here this morning to echo John and warn you, be careful, be alert, test the spirits. Are they right? Are they wrong? Be careful who you are listening to. If we are poorly instructing the word of God, we could be easily tricked into believing some clever false teacher. But here this morning, John is offering some valuable advice. Do not believe every spirit. Test them. See whether they are of God. I close. Test the spirits. Filter information. Separate right from wrong, truth from error, because we're living in a land of many voices. Do I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came down and, and, uh, and born there in that manger, that he rose again, that he died and rose again, and he's waiting to return to take his bride home, to take his church home? I do believe that. Do I believe the Bible is trustworthy? It's the word of God? Absolutely. And it's our final authority. Brothers and sisters, as we go throughout our lives, it may be a while before it happens, and you may hear something. Just come back to the fact. Does it attract to the, uh, the Holy Spirit within? Does it undermine the fact of who Jesus truly is? Do they take the Word of God as their final authority? And if the answer is yes to all three, praise the Lord! I welcome you to listen to that. And if not, I welcome you. I just warn you: you need to reject false theology. Cling to the truth, brothers and sisters. Eyes and ears open, and walk the path that Jesus paved. Let's stand for a word of prayer. After the song, get a closing. After the prayer, have a closing song. Then you consider yourself dismissed. Father God, we come before you here this morning. Just thank you, Lord, for the way that you showed us. Help us, Lord, to walk in truth, to test the spirits, and to be careful what we are listening to, discern between right and wrong. And Lord, just to recognize you as King of kings and Lord of lords, and your word as a final authority. And I pray, Lord, that each soul here this morning could walk in truth. And I pray that none could be deceived, but all could see you as the master of their lives. Thank you again for what John Pan did this morning. We pray we can apply it to our hearts and our lives, and we can grow in our spiritual journey with you. Give us wisdom and discernment, And dismiss us with your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving.
0: Amen.